Welcome to the Growing Green Landscapes Podcast with Jeremiah Jennings. While still in his early 20s, Jeremiah already runs a successful six-figure lawn maintenance company. Listen in as he and his guests share the things that have brought them success that can help you in your business. As a young entrepreneur in the green industry, Jeremiah emphasizes the tips and tricks involved in running a lawn maintenance business while discussing the principles applying to all small businesses. If you're wanting to grow, become profitable and professional, you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Growing Green podcast this is your host jeremiah jennings thank y'all for so much for tuning in to another episode today um really excited about this one we're gonna have a new guest on hasn't been on the show before so uh i'm excited to learn about his business and uh kind of just talk business and and learn from each other and throw ideas around and just learn um about the business where he's at and his side of the country i like getting different people from different regions on because uh stuff is so different all around the country I was actually talking with a buddy tonight about that, about how um, people down south, it's just so, the landscape is so different, the mowing is so different than uh, up north and all that, So, but we'll dive into that a little bit down the road. Um, wanted to come on here and do a little tease right here at the beginning, so if there, are any, if there is anybody uh, from down south near our area in Alabama that is looking to network with some other landscapers or just anybody in the green industry there are a few guys and myself are going to be hosting a little uh get together or meet up in nashville tennessee and uh, that's going to be happening in september i think it's september the 18th but i uh, can't go into too much detail yet because we don't have uh a event space lined up or anything like that yeah we're still trying to get one nailed down it's kind of late notice so i think they're working on finding one this weekend hopefully they do um, but stay tuned for announcements and details on that. Come check it out. Uh, we're going to be podcasting and doing a bunch of giveaways and stuff. So, uh, we'll, like I said, more details to come down the road for that, but, uh, just tune back into the podcast and keep up to date on Instagram and we'll be posting stuff about that. But anyway, for today's episode, we have Greg Wheat, uh, from Post Oak Lawn, is it Lawn Care or Lawn Service? It's lawn and landscape. Lawn and landscape. See, there we go. I didn't have either one of them right. But uh, we got Greg on here tonight. We're doing a little late night podcasting. And uh, I just, I connected with Greg uh, at Together in the Trades and other uh, relationships that we made out there. Uh, I've said that on just about every podcast. I mean, it was a great way to build relationships out there, meet people. And uh, actually, shouted out Greg in our last episode. He, uh, kind of inspires me and and my wife in this business so i said hey greg let's hop on here let's do a podcast tonight and he said sure so uh we got greg on here and we're just going to kind of let you uh take it away and run with it and tell us about how you got started and your story to get to where you are today and what y'all are doing now okay well first of all thanks for having me i really appreciate it absolutely um (laughs) we uh well, like I said, like you said, it's uh, myself and my wife Megan. Uh, we have Post Oak Lawn and Landscape. This is our first year running it as an official business. Um, I've always kind of done some lawn care on the side just to make a couple extra bucks. Uh, usually, whatever mower I had for my house, I just pick up some lawns. Um, but this year, we went all in and decided to make a legit go of it. Um, and we, we put a lot of prep work into it. And I can I'll get into that, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey. We, uh, we've really, and we, we're in the field every day together. She goes out and helps me mow and helps me do the books. And about the only thing I do without her is bids. She doesn't go along with me on bids most of the time. So, well, that's awesome. Uh, so you said it's your first year in business. Kind of, uh, go back to how you said you've been doing it for a while, a little bit here and there. How did you get started? Um, what, what, Oh, I guess kind of how old are y'all? How long have y'all been married? How did y'all's relationship start? And then how did you get into uh, starting this year, your first year in full-time business? Okay. Uh, well, we are early 30s. I'm 33. She's 32. Or, yeah, about to be 32. Better get, right. get, get that right. I'm going to get it wrong, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, she's, she'll be I don't know if she wants me to tell her age. Sorry. Yeah, Megan, you better, just, you skip, you better just skip that one. You're, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> just go with your age and move on. Yeah. 
three three, and she is late twenties and beautiful. That's right. So. That's right. <laughs> no, uh, we've been married almost ten years. Um, and as for getting this thing started, we, uh, well, okay, quick backstory. I grew up pretty redneck in the middle of nowhere, southeastern Oklahoma, and uh, my dad um, had we had oh, well, I can't even think of it. We had a spot of land that had about three or four acres and he would mow it all with his ride mower but the front yard was fenced in and he couldn't get the ride and mower in it so when i was about seven he had a push mower and it was the older push mowers there was no safe you know safety grip handle on it or anything like that and it had the adjustable handle on it so that and it had two u-shaped pieces and he actually pulled the upper piece off and moved all the controls to the lower piece because I was too short at seven to push it without having my hands above my head. That's what you call redneck ingenuity. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I can remember pushing that front lawn, push mowing that front lawn about seven. Um, we moved around quite a bit, and uh, about the time I was 11, we were living in a little town in Colorado. We lived out there for a few years because my dad, my dad went out there hunting uh, and came back and was like, oh, we're moving to Colorado. <laughs> and in six months, we were living out there. Uh, but we were living out there, and I was 11. We were living in a little trailer park out there. And I started push mowing the neighbor's lawns for some cash. Uh, Ten bucks a pop for these little bitty uh, postage stamp lawns around these trailer houses. And uh, I did that for a while. And made, was getting make actually making like 20 bucks an hour back in like, 2000 and i turned 16 and i thought you know instead of thinking okay i'm making 20 bucks an hour mowing i can i'm 16 i can drive i've got a little truck i want to go make some money my thought was man i need to go get a real job and i went to wendy's and start went from making 20 bucks an hour to making five dollars and 15 cents an hour (laughs) And that's a real job right there. Oh, yeah, exactly. I thought I was doing what was supposed to be done. And uh, the mowing, you know, to me, the mowing thing wasn't a real thing, quote unquote, uh, even though I was making good money at it. And uh, but that kind of let me know that I could always make money somehow. You know what I mean? Like I always knew that a little bit of hard work, uh, there was always something around for me to make money with as long as I was willing to put in the effort. And, uh, so that's where I always had mowing gigs on the side um, in between my other jobs. And so this, I've kind of got the entrepreneurial bug um, a couple of years ago. And I tend to be an analysis paralysis type of guy. Like I'll just soak up information and soak up information. And I had trouble taking action and executing on stuff. And uh, so I told my wife, we found ourselves in this unique opportunity where we had bought a house and we had renovated it. And I, this is a little tangent, but I had flipped a few houses early in my life and, uh, early in my adult life. And, uh, but we had bought a house and lived in it and renovated it. And my parents, my, uh, had a house that my, had been my grandparents. And when they passed away, uh, my grand, my parents inherited it, and they kept asking us to move into it and move into it because they wanted us to uh, take care of the place so they didn't have to keep taking care of it to keep it from dilapidating, sitting there empty. My uh, so my I looked at my wife and I said, you know, we've got equity in this house. I really want to use the equity to start a business. We can take that money as seed money. We can move into my grandparents' old house, uh, live there on family land. Uh, my parents live what, half a mile down the road. I said, we're not going to have any better opportunity. So now we just need to decide what business we want to start. And I said, I'm really only good at two things. And that's mowing lawns and real estate. And this isn't enough money to get started in real estate. Yeah, Yeah, that's a big jump. Yeah, and uh, so that was the birth of it. That's how we started, and then from there it became okay. Let's if we're gonna do it, let's do it right. So I jumped on YouTube and I found all the guys on there, 
um, Stanley the Dirt Monkey. I found Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, I could name a hundred of them. I've listed. Oh, I've yeah. watched about all of them, I think. The Spencers. Yep. Uh, we really enjoyed watching uh, Sean and Savannah once they – once especially once my wife realized she was going to jump in and help with the, the business too. Yeah, y'all can really relate uh, to them in that aspect because there's not many people that I, – I don't know there's that many people that both do that, work together in the field, but there's definitely not that many people that like document it. Um, I know of the Spencers and then I know of uh, a channel called Happy's Family. I don't know if you know who they are. Um, <laughs> they're, they have a pretty decent following. I mean, I think they have – I don't know, twenty five or thirty thousand subscribers maybe. But they're on YouTube also and it's a husband and wife that work together. Um, but that is cool hearing that you kinda went to them and connect and kinda took them as inspiration for y'all to do it. Um so what were you I mean, did you leave a corporate job to start this? I know you said you already that you had had the entrepreneurial bug and you wanted to do it, but like was your wife working? Were y'all both working? I mean, did you give up a career to do this, or what were you doing? Um, I had a, what I would call a job. Um, okay. I was kind of like, actually, my, my story kind of uh, parallels Sean Spencer's in a lot of ways, because I was a hard worker. I always yeah. excelled quickly at whatever I did. Uh, but I would hit that middle management plateau where you're overworked and underpaid and there's no real room for advancement unless you've got like an MBA or somebody who's been in a position for 20 years dies or retires. Um, kind of that glass ceiling every time. And so I would kind of, I'd do that for a while, a couple years at a job and I kind of hit that glass ceiling and I'm one of those, if I'm not growing, I, I feel like if I'm not growing, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when I hit that spot where I couldn't continue to advance, I'd have to look for something else. And so I'd end up finding a job where I could, you know, take a dollar an hour pay raise and start at the bottom again somewhere and, and work my way up. And, uh, it was great for a time. Um, we got to do a lot of, I got to do a lot of different things. Um, a lot of natural gas and oil field stuff, uh, cause down here in Southeastern Oklahoma, that's where the money's at. Really? That's cool. Uh, uh, when we decided to pull the trigger on this, uh, I, I had been managing a door production facility for a lumber company that it's, well, it's only in like three States and we produced all of their interior and exterior doors. And, uh, we knew that they weren't paying me enough, uh, to get, save up any sort of seed money for a business. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a great company. I love to this day. I love, I love that culture of that company. Um, but I got a, I got wind of, a what they call a meter technician job. And basically, uh, it, you travel to natural gas well sites and you calibrate the meters to make sure that all the gas flow is being measured accurately so that everybody's getting paid correctly. And uh, I took that job uh, because it paid better. I did that for about two years and and we were saving up a little bit of money and flipping the house. And we got ready to that point. We were, it was the fall of last year and we were getting ready. Like we knew we were going to pull the trigger in the spring of 2021. And so the the trouble was we knew that when it became time to start mowing, I would have to just quit cold turkey and really hit the ground running and get accounts, or I was going to have to mow on weekends and stuff. And we wanted to be present ourselves as a professional company, not as just some, not as a, a chuck in the truck, you know some guy just mowing. We wanted to be professionals. Yeah. You want to do it the right way from the beginning. Exactly. We, we wanted to have that air of professionalism from the first day when we stepped on the first property, we wanted the uniforms. We wanted the shirts, the, uh, a pants. We wanted a nice, not a fancy truck, but a decent looking truck. Um, a commercial grade mower. Um, not, you know, Hey dad, can I borrow your, 
John Deere lawn tractor and nothing wrong, nothing wrong with starting that way. But we knew, you know, I'm, I'm married. I got a wife, I got kids. Um, we knew that to have success, we were going to have to treat it as a commercial successful venture. I wasn't going to be able to wade into it slowly without just killing myself. Yeah. Yeah. You had to jump in and, and go all in at once. Exactly. And so we were getting ready to make that jump and I got lucky that a very good friend of mine reached out to me cause you know, he's one of my best friends. And I kind of told him what I was doing. Uh, and they were having some trouble. He, uh, ran a family business and they were having some trouble with their inventory. And I had done a lot of inventory work for other jobs. And he asked me if I'd come in and work on their inventory. And then in the spring, when I started mowing, once I filled up a Monday of mowing, I could take Monday off and then just work four days a week. And then as I filled up another day, I could take Monday and Tuesday and only work three days a week Wow, that's and phase, phase myself out. Yeah. Um, and it, that was a huge blessing. And so mowing came around and we started started getting jobs and I took my first day off and from the time I took my first Monday off, uh, to run a mowing route, um, within three and a half weeks, we were booked to the point I had to quit. No way. Yeah. Which it wasn't all mowing. We were getting some small landscaping jobs and stuff too. Um, first year we were kind of saying yes. Well, we are still kind of saying yes to a little bit of everything. Yeah, for sure. You're trying to pad that bank account and, and do what you can to uh, get the, get your name out there, and that's huge. Um, so it's that's cool how you get started. That that job, that is awesome. That is such a huge blessing. Uh, you need to. Oh, I'm sure you already have. You need to tell that guy thank you. I mean, that dude helped you. That is huge. The fact that he lets you do that. Um, I oh, personally yeah. haven't heard of that. Um, being able to just phase out like that. Um, that's awesome, but uh, we don't need to get caught up in that. That's that's just that's a super cool story. So, where did the name come from? That's what I always like hearing is where people come up with their names, like Post Oak. Where did that come from? Did you have a story behind that, or is that just something you thought of, or what? Um, yes and no. Like, there's no like sentimental meaning behind it or anything yeah. like that. It's a. Uh, <clears throat> I knew starting it, the which the part of the goal of this business is for us to grow to the point that it funds other ventures. Absolutely. Um, yep. Mainly re- real estate, again, is a big one. Um, and so that being said, I knew from the very beginning, and again, a lot of this comes from me taking the time to educate myself on the, uh, you know, all Brian stuff and uh, Corey Ballard. I love listening to that guy. He's a genius. Um, but listening to them, you know, they're like, you know, when you name your company, don't give it your name Yep. because what if you want to sell it someday? Yep. And well, that's what a business is. Yeah, exactly. Sell it eventually. Exactly. And I didn't want to be the face of the business. Like, yes, I wanted people to know me and know, Hey, that's Greg Wheat's business. Um, we know Greg Wheat, he's a man of integrity, so we know he's going to run his business with integrity. Uh, but at the end of the day, if I'm not the guy on their lawn, I want them to be okay with that eventually. That's huge. That well, Let's take a minute and hit on that real quick. And I've, I've hit on this in the past, but um, aside from selling your business one day, look at it as you just want to scale your business. If Cora Ballard would have said Ballard Lawn Care, then now that he's got a multi-million dollar uh, landscaping company in Perfect Cut, if he would have said Ballard Lawn Care, the first day that he wasn't out there, people would have been like, where's Corey? Like, that's not who started. I, I want Corey on my yard because that's Corey Ballard. That's, that's the guy that I want out there. Same thing for you. If you want to scale one day, that's obviously the goal because if you're wanting to get into real estate, then you're going to have to put some time into real estate and say somebody else has got to do the lawn care. So if if you say wheat landscaping or wheat lawn care and you're not out there that old lady that that's you signed up for a customer at the beginning of the year 10 weeks in when you don't show up she's gonna say 
where's Greg? That's I didn't sign up for just some random tech to be on my yard. And that's huge. And even though you're not selling your business at this point, it's just the fact that there's you're not making any quote-unquote promises to be out there because your name isn't on the company. And and that's huge and uh, very smart of very very smart for you to be doing that from the very beginning. I mean that just shows what um, doing a little bit of self educating can teach you, and you save yourself a big headache when it does come time to sell the business or dealing with those customers. Um, so that that's cool to hear that you learned that and and did that early on. So no sentimental value, just a bit just simply strictly business purposes. Right, uh, it's a cool name. I mean. Yeah. Well, we, we played with some other names um, because <clears throat> the town that we do most of our mowing in, because I, I live way out in the boondocks. I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. And uh, and as we, as we were talking before the podcast, I'm sitting on my front porch and I'm surprised you guys can't hear all the crickets and frogs and stuff chirping. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is the closest town, <laughs> the biggest town with a Walmart. How about that? <laughs> uh, is about 30 minutes away. Oh my! So you are out there. Yeah. Well, here's so the, that's here's where we the do all our mowing. Here's the real question: How close is the closest Dollar General? Oh, that's a little bit closer. Because um, you know, I think their dollar... business model is like one every what ten miles or something like that. Something crazy. Something like that. There's there's one about fifteen miles or fifteen minutes from here. Okay. So, and so it's about halfway. You're still out there, though. Dollar General. We are. We're still out here. Yeah. Um, and so the closest town, and we knew for we were going to focus our efforts on this town uh, because that's we knew that's where the – it's not even a suburb because it's a tiny town uh, in comparison to your suburbs of bigger cities and stuff like that. Um, but we knew that around here that was going to be our closest bet uh, for getting de- a decent amount of lawns. And there is one large – lawn care company there that has is it's taken them 20 years to build up but they're they're doing well and very well known and if they it can support them there's no reason it can't support us that's right and so the name of the town's poto and it's a french word uh meaning post and it as an outpost not mm-hmm. post as in fence post and from Fort, we're not far from Fort Smith, Arkansas. And the history of the area is that the there was a river uh, that ran from Fort Smith that ran to the post at Poto, and they just called it the Poto River. And it was the Post River, the river they took to get to the post. Um, so what we thought of rolled the name around like Post River. Uh, but nobody really knew that history because I'm a nerd and looked that up just trying to find something with a name. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to go as generic as just using the town in case we were able to uh, expand into other. There's some other decent towns around here. Yeah. Uh, that we could expand into eventually if we if we wanted to go that big. And uh, but there are some. A type, there is a type of oak that grows around here called a post oak. Uh, they used to use them to make old-timey fence posts where they would just cut a chunk of branch, basically, to make the fence post. Uh, and they grow straight. And so we just went with that. We liked the ring of it, and that became the name. And a tree logo was easy enough to get made on fiber. So <laughs> we went with that and just called it good. Well, that's cool. So there actually is a story behind it. It might not be sentimental, but that's you put a lot of thought and stuff into that, and that's yeah. We spent some time on it and couldn't really find anything as as catchy. Um, I turned to a bunch of my friends, and they would give me the super like gimmickiest names, and uh, I was like, man, I just don't want a gimmicky name. I want yeah. something that sounds professional, like. Uh, Oh, I can't remember his first name off the top of my head, but Kirby with Trifecta. Yeah, yeah. Lincoln. Alex. Man, Alex Kirby, yes. I I love his company. The Their branding is on point. Their name is outstanding. Uh, listening to his interviews where he's talking about that company, I mean, he's got it, he's, he's got it dialed in, and they're growing fast. And I love the image that he puts out. And so... I really wanted a name that sounded professional, um, 
not something that was, I don't know, cheesy or gimmicky. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would name some, but I was like, if someone went with that, I don't want to. Yeah, them. I don't want to offend them. <laughs> it just, yeah, no, because it's great for a lot of people. It just wasn't what we were shooting. That's for. right. It's not what you were looking for. Yeah. Well, and like, um, I think it was one interview they talked about the name the Lawn Ranger. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that is a great name. But I want I just didn't want to go that direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that that's smart on your end. I mean you just wanna build you just wanna build a quality business from the ground up. It's like we were talking about you uh starting out and just diving all in and, and investing in the company and you just want right. to start the right way. And and that's huge is when you're going all in like that, you just do it. There's no way. There's no reason nowadays for you to be stupid anymore when it comes to making these decisions. There's so much stuff that you can learn on YouTube, and books and podcasts, and like you should be self-educating at least a few hours every day. I mean, there should be you should be learning something a few hours every day, and you should be learning these things. Um, so that's it's cool that you did that and you started out the right way. So let's kind of let's talk business numbers a little bit, or just business in okay. general. Um, mm-hmm. you say you're out there in the country. I saw actually on your story today that y'all were dealing with some rain and, uh, you were saying your, your route was 30 minutes away. So, um, it sounds like you obviously have to travel a little bit to do some of your yards. What, what kind of numbers are you looking at yard wise? How many can y'all do in a day? Cause I know like out here, um, where we are, we're also a little bit more rural. We're in a big city, but just property is bigger here. We don't have as mm-hmm. many small neighborhoods. So. I mean, we're looking at an acre to three acres for our average properties. Um, so we do 10 or 12 a day, whereas people up north are doing 30 a day. Um, right. So what do y'all? What does it kind of look like for y'all, the landscape well, out there and all that? Well, let me let me preface it by telling you guys about our setup a little bit because that limits, limits us just a hair. We, uh, when I got ready to buy my equipment, I, could, I knew I wasn't going to be able to just go out and buy uh, the biggest, baddest, mower absolutely um so i was trying to figure out a good and also like i said i knew that there was a large company in the town we were going to go into that runs very efficiently uh so i was trying to figure out what my niche could be what could get my foot in the door on the market um and also what would be the most efficient starter setup um and i got lucky in the fact that actually brian fullerton kind of talked about this a little bit um, and he basically said his ideal setup would be, um, a, a fuel efficient truck running some sort of ramp rack system and a 36 inch stand on mower because it could fit through back gates yep. and you could run efficiently. So I knew I was only going to be able to buy one mower to get started. And so that's what we went with was a 36 inch stand on. And I actually originally bought a, this is a side tangent, sorry. No, <laughs> I bought good. a, a Ford, a 2000 white Ford Ranger. Um, and the goal was for me to turn that into just a little mowing truck. And I built a bifold gate for the back of it. And was, the goal was to not have to pull a trailer. Mm-hmm. That 36 inch is the long bed. So the 36 inch mower would fit up inside of it. I was just going to mount racks to the side of the bed and it was just going to be my little mowing rig. And, uh, I just finished my bifold ramp and was waiting for the, uh, like the gorilla gate lift assist to come in. Cause it was heavy. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. And I think it was my second week mowing with it. And a lady ran a red light and slammed into that truck and no totally. Way. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I was getting oh, so excited. Man. That is an awesome. I haven't even thought about that. That is a great way that you, if you're saying like you start, you're small, you want to be efficient like that. That that honestly might be a business model that people with small neighborhoods and stuff. If you're just doing lawn maintenance, that might be the way yeah. to go. Getting a little oh, yeah. ranger like that, throwing throwing one or two thirty six inch stand ons back there, maybe a thirty inch push mower. And just go to go to town with with those small neighborhood yards, and you're saving so much in gas and tires for trailers and all that. That's really cool. Yep. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, that was that was the plan, and uh, but it it ended up that thing. She hit the front end of that thing, and 
just smashed it. And she didn't have any insurance. And oh, no. She had a bunch of live chickens in the back of her car, and they were running around the intersection. It was a mess. You, well, and, uh, you, are, in the, you <laughs> are in the country. That, that proves yeah, it. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so we were running in the 36. Uh, and now we had to go, we went and bought an F-150, um, and we were pulling a trailer right now. But uh, we're running the 36. That actually cut, sl- slows us down on our bigger acreage. Yeah. So, you know, it takes, you know, and one acre property, even if it's wide open, takes me 45 minutes. Yeah. Cutting with that 36. And that, th- and that little 36 will run. I mean, it's, it's fast little mower. And it gets a good cut, even going fast. But, man, that, an acre is a long haul on it. So the goal, we'll be getting a bigger mower. The goal is next, the beginning of next spring, to re- reinvest into a bigger mower. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, uh, we don't do a ton of lots right now. We focus a lot on smaller. Um, but we do have a couple of big ones, and they tend to eat up our time. Yeah, um, They're not... They're still profitable, but they're not as profitable as they will be once we get the bigger mower. For sure, yeah. Um, but we're my wife and I together. We'll do about uh, we can do about twelve yards in a day. Yeah, that's that's um, good. And that's, that's really going to be a mix anywhere between a third of an acre to an acre. I don't think we have we have anything bigger than an acre at the moment. Mm. Well, I lied. We do a six eight, or seven acre cemetery. Oh my goodness! How long does that take to get a thirty-six inch stand on? Uh, it's a day and a half oh for my. us to do that. Wow. But that thirty-six actually comes in handy. Yeah, all the headstones because stuff. of the headstones and yeah, stuff. Um, are there any open parts, or is it all headstones? There are some open parts, but we actually uh, that the only reason I say the only reason it's it's a profitable job for us. But the main reason we took it is because it's the local cemetery. Uh, to us so it's like four miles down the road oh yeah uh and so like you know my like half of my family's buried there and so it's a little bit of a pride thing for us too but we actually borrow my dad has a 62 inch john deere lawn tractor okay. and we borrow it and my wife will usually drive it and she'll cut all of the open areas yeah and so it's not like, hey, you take this section, I'll take this section. It's if there's not a headstone close by, you cut it, and then yeah. I'm going to go weave in and out of the headstones. That's so. cool. I mean that, but that 36 comes in huge there because I've done cemeteries before, and we I don't have a 36. The the smallest one that I have is a 54 inch, and uh, it, it just there's places you can't get. I mean you have to weed eat. I have to weed eat so much because we can't get in between them. And I, where that thirty six inch probably weaves there pretty fast. So, oh that's, yeah, I can I can just whip circles around them for the most part. Yeah. Do you have a shoot blocker on there? Uh, I don't. It's going to be one of my newer, my next investments for it next season. Yeah. Um, you know what you're going to do? You're going to go grass flap, advanced shoot. What are you going to get? I haven't exactly decided. Yeah. I really like grass flap because it's foot operated. That is true. Um. I don't like having to take my, especially around something like headstones, yeah. where you have to worry about chipping something yep. or running into something. I don't like having, and that cemetery is not the flattest cemetery out there. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like the idea of having to take one of my hands off the controls to adjust the flap. Yeah. Um, so I like the idea of using the foot flat or the foot pedal. Yeah. Um, the, it presents a little bit of an issue with my mower because of the fold-up uh, platform on it. It doesn't stand out away from the body when it's folded up oh, yeah. enough to have that pedal in there. Hmm. So it means my platform, either my I have to find a different way to mount it where I'm like lifting a leg up to step on it yeah. um, and risking jamming my shins if I hit a bump. Yeah. Or I have to like stick my leg to the side. So I haven't figured that out exactly. Yeah. Um, I, so that, and I really like the idea of being able to run with it half open half the time mm-hmm. uh, because we do run into a lot of like rocky soils here and I'm just paranoid that I'm going to throw a rock and break a window. Yeah. And so 
I haven't done happen. that Let yet. Just fingers, you, you know, I'll, I'll, wood. I'll prophesy for you. It's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's I know. I'm just trying to prolong it as long as I can. Yep. Yep. I understand. And so I like the idea of being able to still discharge yeah. uh, and just keep it half flapped uh, when I'm facing towards a house or something. Yeah. Yeah. I have grass flap and it's, it's been pretty good. I've enjoyed it. Um, but my so, next one is going to be a, an advanced shoot just because I grass flap has its pros and cons, but we don't need to get into that right now. Um, <laughs> are you, so are you running gravely or Toro? Cause those are the only ones that I know that platform folds up. Uh, well, actually, uh, I'm running a, it's an, I'm running an off brand. It's a world lawn. Oh, really? I didn't know they yeah. folded up like that. Yeah. They fold up in the back. Oh, it's, cool. uh, it's man when i got it i got it because we were trying we were trying to go cost effective yeah and also but get a good cut they they do i was worried about it at first because like i said it's kind of an it's not a bad mower it's just not a very well-known mower yeah it's not a big name brand Um, exactly and if you look at them they kind of look cheap Mm -hmm. they just look at them like "Eh, i don't know like you know and uh, so I was real hesitant, but I again I took everybody's advice. I knew I needed a dealer that was close by that's that huge. had good customer service. Yep, yep, that's I huge. I didn't have a ton of options. Um, in Poto, uh, we go and I'll shout them out. Uh, Reds Premier, uh, they are actually a bad boy dealer. Mm. Um, I'm not impressed with bad boys. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking not bad about one, them, but. Everybody Absolutely. down here has them, man. Really? You you put a girl in a bikini on that mower on your advertisement, and everyone down here wants to buy one. Really? Huh. Yeah, same with, same with Spartans. Uh, there's a Spartan dealer, and everyone wants to buy a Spartan now because their advertising is, you know, big machine guns and missiles and stuff yeah. on their commercials. Yeah. So it's like guns and girls basically sell everything down here. Yeah, sounds like it sounds uh, like the Hardy's commercials. I don't know. Do y'all yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm not saying they're bad mowers. Yeah. I've ran a bad boy and I wasn't impressed. Uh they did not their stand on did not have good reviews. Yeah. I think it's a revolt. Um the Spartan did not have a stand on when we were looking at mowers. They have one now. Um, there are a few guys commercially that I've talked to in town that run the Spartans and they're not super impressed with them. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I'm ruining any future sponsorship deals with you. No, that, no, bad no. Bad Spartan. But, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying they're bad mowers. Yeah, no. Uh, just... just the reviews and asking around, I decided they weren't really directions I yeah, wanted to go. That's understandable. Um, they're the closest, more common brand is... An hour away, uh, there were some guys who sold rights. Mm. No, uh, that is, I, that's huge, though. They have the best stand-ons from what I hear. Oh, I know. I, I love right stand-ons. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, it took everything in me not to buy it. And the yeah. only reason I even looked anywhere else was because I wanted a dealer closer to us. Yeah. Um, so I went into that dealer. And ask them about you know what they had, and they actually had a thirty-six inch stand-on in like in, in stock on the wow. showroom floor. Wow, that's uh, he had ordered it. Cut, he had ordered it for somebody, and then the guy backed out and didn't want it. Hmm. That and like so I looked it great. over. Yeah, a man, and it runs. It runs a Cowie engine. It's built like a daggum tank. Yeah, uh, the cut quality is good. It doesn't have a lot of the little extra bells and whistles on it, and so like maintenance on it is easy. I do you know all my own maintenance on Less it. Less stuff to break. That's my, that's how I look at this. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's like and these it's... new trucks. It's crazy. Oh. All, yeah. All this that's... technology and stuff. It's nice, but the second it breaks, you're going to be re- taking it back to the dealer because you can't fix it now. I mean, you, it's like you can do your own maintenance on that type of stuff, but these computers and all this stuff nowadays, you can't fix any of that stuff. You gotta take that. That's no. why they make it like that. So you have to take it and you pay to have it done. But that's like my wife drives uh, a brand new uh, Ford Edge. Mm-hmm. That's what we and Edge. yeah, and we, we took it on our anniversary in March, and we get like ten miles down the road and a rock, our truck throws a rock and chips the windshield. Mm. And we, you know, we went to have it repaired. And the guy's like, man. 
it's already got spider cracks. It's going to have to be replaced. Yeah. And so we kind of him hawed on it. Well, a little while back, she hit a deer. And we took it in and had to have it repaired to, from hitting the deer. And the guy there was like, so you guys know your windshield has a, a, a chip that's starting to spider out. I'm like, yeah, we've had it for a while. And he goes, man, that windshield alone is $400. He goes, and be, he's like, you ever notice that this thing has like the automatic stop sensor and all the other sensors? Yep. And he's like, you ever notice someone break in front of you and your car start to break automatically before you touch the pedal? And my, my wife's like, yeah, I hate it when it does that. And he goes, yeah, this thing's got a camera up there where your rear view mirror is. Because if you pull this glass out and put a new one in, you have to have it calibrated to the new glass. And it's like another 450 bucks. That's insane. Yeah. So it's like $850 to replace that windshield. Technology is cool, but it comes with a price. Yes, it does. That's crazy. Well, back to the mower. I don't know. I'm just, I, I like numbers and equipment and stuff. No, if you no you're fine. If you don't mind me asking, what did you have to give for that? that 57. Okay. 100. Okay. Well, that's really good. So it, it's kind of cool here in the, that you bought this world lawn and it, it brings up a, a key point here of if you're starting out, you're, you're, you're wanting to take the dive into the business um, and you're starting out for your first year, you don't have to go out and buy the nicest, fanciest things and go, $20,000 or $30,000 in debt to get some equipment. Um, from what it sounds like, you went out, you did your research, you got a, you got a quote-unquote off-brand mower, but it's got the Kawasaki like all the major brands run on their on their engines. Mm-hmm. The, the body sounds like it's been made well. The reviews were good. Mm-hmm. And you said, hey, let's mm-hmm. save four grand. That's what I mean, because that's if you go buy a ride, that's what you're going to be looking at, 10 or, 10 or 11,000. I mean, you're saving four or five thousand dollars, and you're getting yeah. a mower that is serving you great this first year, and it's, it got you into the business. And now you're not ten or twelve or fifteen thousand dollars in debt. And so, yep. for the guy out there that's starting, don't try to compare. And that's what I even have to catch myself on this sometimes. Is when you watch these YouTubers and you watch these famous people that have been doing it for ten, fifteen, twenty years, they have these sponsorship deals. They they have successful businesses. They didn't start that way. They didn't start with a Xmark Laser ZX series with all the twills and bells and whistles and all and the the fifteen thousand dollar mowers. They didn't start with that. So if you're starting out, don't go waste your money. Don't go buy a little Cub Cadet Cub Cadet residential tractor. I, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying do your research, find a good brand that is reputable. But if it's not the biggest name brand, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to go have a Toro or a Wright or whatever and get caught up in the keeping up with the Joneses. Just go find mm-hmm. something that's going to do the work for you and cut the grass. And and you were saying that. And I think another uh, brand that I've seen is like Dixie Chopper. That's a that's a pretty common one. I think uh, Lamont, mm-hmm. Lamont runs that uh, with Lamont Harrison. I think he runs Dixie Chopper. And it looks to be a great mower. I know people that are down here that run them. And it's not a big name, big brand mower, but it gets the mm-hmm. job done. And it, and it gives you a commercial quality cut, and it, and it helps mm-hmm. you get started and grow your business without going fifteen grand in debt. So yep. I mean that, that little tangent there, little rant, but it it's cool to hear that that's you made that decision, and it's obviously paying off for you. Yeah, it it's been running great, and uh, like I said, the the biggest thing that sold me on it was the dealer. Yeah, he they were right there in town. Um, he does sell world lawns and. Honestly, and a big thing that did sell me on it is when I was talking to him about it, he knew I was kind of hesitant. Um, and it wasn't that there were bad reviews because I, you know, I did my research online and stuff. Yeah. It's the fact that there weren't any reviews. Yeah. Like it was just, you don't see any information on them out there really. And uh, I said, well, you know, if it breaks or goes down and he said, listen, he said, they have a distribution warehouse with every part you need to rebuild that mower from scratch in Greenwood, Arkansas, 35 minutes away. That's you. He said, so whatever breaks on that mower, I can have it within 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. And that base, that kind of sold me on it. I was like, okay, that's yeah. good. <laughs> I was like, cause that's my biggest worry. Downtime. I had one mower. That's, that's I was huge. only going to have one mower with no backup with other than like a push mower or borrow my dad's lawn tractor. 
And so I knew I had to pick something that would cut my downtime down. Yeah. And uh, so far, my only complaint on it is I don't know why, but that thing will randomly rattle random bolts or nuts off of it. Hmm. Like every now and then, just some random bolt will fall out of it. You don't have yeah. to put it back in. But and I think that, just... that happens with everything. I mean, everything's going to have those little quirks like that. I mean... Yeah, I have a John Deere commercial zero turn, and I I had one come off my caster wheel the other day, and just I don't even know how. It, like one of them is in there perfectly fine, the other one just fell out, and I'm like, how did that yeah. happen? But I think stuff <laughs> like that just happens. I mean, it, it's just yeah, part exactly. Of it. It's out there getting beat yeah. up and used every day. But um, well, and I look it over. I mean, I'm I'm particular about my maintenance. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pressure washing the deck and sharpening the blades every morning before we go out. Oh wow, you uh, are committed to it. Yeah, well, I'm I'm I want that pretty cut. I want to stand out above everyone else. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we do have rocky soils and rocky yards, um, so we suck up dirt and sand and hit little rocks and stuff from time to time. But your blades are so, beaten, don't they? Oh, they do. I can't even tell you how many ble- blades I've gone through this what year. What blades are you running? Um, they're the factory blades. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're man, they do good. They're, they're pretty good. Oh yeah. Um, I'm probably going to get a set of X-Blades uh, from Ballard to run leaf cleanups Yes, for, the leaf, for mulching. They're huge, especially if you get a – now, I will say I would – I get a personal recommendation here while we're on the podcast, everybody's listening. If you could, I would try to get that shoe blocker before leaf season. That makes okay. all the difference. And, and I know it's an investment, and anybody out there that's on the fence about it, do if you can, if it's all possible – get you a shoe blocker before leaf season, even more so than those mulching blades. Because being able to close that deck, those leaves get sucked up. I mean, and they get mulched up just because there's no way to let them out. And, right. and it, it makes all the difference. That's I Two years ago, I didn't have a uh, shoe blocker. And then last year, I had one for the first year. And I was like, where has this been my whole life? I mean, because <laughs> you don't have to – you don't have to – spend two hours on a leaf cleanup mulching you can just close that thing and go back and forth and back and forth and it'll just it mulches them up into nothing and it, it's almost like you back to the yard when you have that sh- that shoot blocker so that is something i'd recommend to you and anybody out there get one as soon as you can especially going into the leaf season uh, but anyway that's another side tangent but uh, I just I, it's fun talking to equipment. I think guys like listening here, uh, listening to that type of stuff. Sometimes, I mean, the you can only take so much business knowledge and one at, all at once. Uh, oh yeah. But so we're already at forty six minutes. Man, time is flying. But uh, I guess what what is one thing here? I'm gonna kind of take you off guard. Hopefully, you can come up with an answer. I don't know. You might have one. But what do you think if you if you could give advice to somebody starting out this year, just like or, or next year? Say they're gonna. They're going to start out in spring of 22. You just went through this. You're, you're still in it. What piece of advice would you give to how – what is what is one of the key things you would say to somebody who's starting out? What should they do? What should they not do? Um, what is, like, the hardest thing that you've learned from or, or something like that? And if, if you don't have an answer, it's fine. We can move on and come back to that topic. But um, that was just something to me that is – I, I think if I was starting out, I would love to hear that of what what is one thing that if you could – uh, piece of advice you give somebody, what would that be? I'd say it's probably plan and execute. Mm-hmm. Because the, my biggest problem for a long time was that I'm a, I'm a sponge for knowledge. I love to learn. I love to grow. Uh, I love to improve myself. But I was always very hesitant to take action. I'd have all these good ideas and I've had all these things I would learn and deep dive into. And then I would do nothing with it. Mm. Um, and that, that wasn't going to happen with this one, but I was going to do it. I knew it was my fear. Honestly, a lot of times it would paralyze me. You know, again, I got a wife and kids and I've got a family to support and mouths to feed and futures to plan for. And it was scary taking any sort of, step that was not a guarantee even though no step is a guarantee it's just a mental trick we play on ourselves that's right yeah and so it's my i would say plan and execute but but make sure you plan because if you fail to plan you plan to fail yep that's right 
that's 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 huge. I mean that it's it, it, there. It's fifty fifty there. You you have to execute, but you if you don't have a plan in place, and the plan's never going to go exactly as you thought it was. That's never the case. But yeah, you got to have some type of outline to say this is our goals. This is what we're going to do. And, and start executing. If it's one little step at a time, if it's buying a weed eater here and then uh, saving up and buying another blower there, you're executing, and it, it doesn't have to be all at once, but you're taking one step and you're and you're knocking it off the list one day at a time. Um, that's that's a cool piece of advice. I mean, if you're out there and you're listening and you heard that, I, I would say take that and, and put it in place uh, in your business. Um, what are you kind of shifting subjects again? What are you, what, how are you set up uh, legally? Are you running as a sole prop right now? Are you an LLC already? How did you? Yeah, no, we're LLC from the very very beginning, day one, we LLC'd it. Smart, smart man. We just, we just transitioned to an LLC this year. Um, So that's why I always say we're doing it with you guys. I'm not, not coming from a top down approach. I'm still learning this stuff as I go. So I ran as a sole prop the last two years and um, just changed to an LLC this year. And I'm, uh, glad that I did. It's kind of a relief knowing that if something ever does happen, my house isn't getting taken. Um, they can yeah. go after the business, but they're not going to get my house. So, um, what did how what did, what would you credit to your LLC starting up? Just your own business knowledge, or somebody that you had heard talk about it? Um, um, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, I've done enough research uh, into starting business. I've even started small businesses in the past, and none okay. of them uh, took off. Yeah. Um, so my own business knowledge, but also, um, actually when I, again, I came across Fullerton and filter podcast and he had the, it was early on in his podcast lineup. He had a guy, um, that was one of Robert Kiyosaki's advisors, rich dad, poor dad advisors, who his whole company is setting up other companies. Um, and it was a $700 expense, but I wanted to make sure that all my, T's were crossed and my eyes were dotted yep. so that that, you know, they have that, what they call that corporate veil. If you ever break that corporate veil by doing your books wrong, um, then so that LLC stops protecting you personally. And so I wanted to make sure that that was in place. Not that I have a ton for anybody to come and take right now, Yeah. but, but nonetheless, I wanted the company to be set up for success it, from it, day one. It goes back to, yeah, doing it right from the beginning. Starting the right, right way. Right. And it, and it wasn't like we had an image. Like, you know, we're, we're year one. We're still in the grind, as, just hustling as hard as we can go. But, and it wasn't like I waited until I had this picture-perfect, clear vision of what this was going to be in the future before I could take one step forward. But I, I did enough research and talked to enough people and educated myself enough to have a pretty good idea of what a foundation for a good business would look like. And so I went about setting up that foundation. It's kind of like Brian's talk from Together in the Trades where he's talking about foundation and legacy. That's right. You know, I may not have been able to picture the skyscraper completely in my head, but I knew what kind of foundation had to go in the ground for that thing to be built off of. Yeah. And so that's what I, that's what we did. We focused on trying to do things right, setting up an LLC, being as profitable as possible. We went straight to having yard books and QuickBooks. Um, I mean, we just tried to try to do it, do it right. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that doing it right from the beginning, that's going to say it's going to save you money down the long down the the long road. I mean, you said it's a seven hundred dollar expense, and it is. It is an expensive thing to do. I mean, you can do it yourself. But I would recommend using – this is not legal advice. That's what, that's what everybody <laughs> else says on their podcast. This is not legal advice. So this is not legal advice, by the way. But I would say use an attorney. Find somebody that, that specializes in that and get help them – let them help you set up an LLC uh, because mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly what I did. And it cost me – I think it was about the same, 800 bucks, something like that. But I know that yep. it was taken care of the right way because that guy's a professional. That's what he does. It's not. It's not just me out here trying to figure it out. You know, it, that let him let him take his expertise and help you, and, and it's investment back into the company. So do it the right way from the beginning. But um, man, we're coming up on an hour here. This has been a great conversation. What are you? Well, as we wrap this up here, what are your goals? Like for the business, if you don't mind sharing, just like 
are you wanting to scale or do you know yet? Are you wanting to get out of it um, and, and get out of the everyday stuff or do you enjoy it? What are your short-term and, and long-term goals here? Short-term uh, goals are definitely work on our becoming efficiencies. I really need to start running like time and motion studies yep. on how long it's taken us to do stuff so that I know that I'm estimating properly. Because it's real easy to go out, me and my wife, and cut some lawns and trim some hedges and pull out some flower beds and um, pick up all these odd jobs and come back and see money in, coming into the account and cut ourselves one check to live off of at the end of the week and say, oh, we're, we're making money. Yeah. But, if, but it's like, okay, but if I was a paid employee and she was a paid employee and we had to all of the other stuff that comes along with that taxes and all that good stuff. Um, plus paying, you know, most likely paying someone to do payroll or whatnot, then would we be making money then? Yeah. Am I still making money and, at that point? Exactly. So even though we are the employees, um, and we're also owners and we're taking living off of owner draws from the business, not a paid salary. Mm -hmm. And so, we we're kind of shifting our thinking into okay treating ourselves as employees who are paid like an hourly employee would we make money this way still and then when we i try anytime we do especially on landscape jobs because i'm fairly new to a lot of the landscaping stuff um, i try to go back and do postmortems and so i try to go back and do the postmortem considering it as if i was an employee to see if i was still profitable and so trying to fix that um, in the long, in the short term. Yeah. Um, long term, this summer's kind of been a, <laughs> a roller coaster because, uh, you know, just getting started and being excited um, and going from, I don't know if this is going to work. I hope this works to, oh my gosh, this is working. <laughs> to, oh, hey, people are calling us, we're getting jobs. And then you see guys like Caleb and Brian and Corey Ballard, and then you get on Instagram and see all these other guys doing amazing things, and you want to be pulled, like, oh, I want to do that someday, I want to do that someday. Um, but recently, and this may be a whole other long tangent, I know we're going getting long on time here, but... Uh, Recently, especially through listening to a lot of the interviews um, with some of these guys, I've realized that the guys who are really running big, self-sufficient, like independently operated companies, what you would call like a level five company, mm -hmm. they're all maintenance. Yeah. Like I, I haven't heard an interview with a single hardscaper where he's not in the business from day to day, or they have a bunch of multiple locations. You're right. And, You're absolutely right. And so that being said, I wouldn't mind doing some hardscaping and stuff in the future, mm -hmm. but I want the core of our business to be maintenance. But what I really want to develop us into, and it's going to take some time to do this, is I want to be that one-stop, hassle-free, full-property maintenance. So I want some, if someone show, calls me to a property, I want to be able to take care of their lawn. I want to be take care, uh, I want to take care of their fert and squirt. I want to trim, I want to take care of all their hedges. I want to take care of all their mulch. If they're, um, you know, I want to take care of their sprinklers if it needs to be cleaned out. Um, basically every level of maintenance, aerations, dethatching, overseeding. Um, the goal is to grow into a business model where it is a yearly contract paid monthly yep. where their cost is divided up over a 12 month period. Yep. And it, and their entire landscape becomes hassle free. You become a landscape maintenance company. A, la a true landscape maintenance company. Yeah. 
where That's they don't awesome. even have to think about it. They know their hedges are going to look good. They know their flower beds are going to look good. Um, I have a ways to go before we get there, and we'll we'll just be doing blow and go and long a few small landscaping jobs until we get there. Uh, but we're getting there. Yeah. So you the get goal there is one to, at a time. Well, and the goal is to reinvest um, in my personal education. So luckily a chemical applicator's license in Oklahoma is not that hard to obtain. And so I'll be, my goal is to be able to have chemical app, uh, license by, uh, next spring. Um, and then from there, uh, there's a local college near here that offers, uh, some horticulture mm-hmm. classes. I'm probably going to take those just so I have a more knowledgeable base on, uh, trimming and maintaining, decorative shrubs and plants and stuff like that that's good i mean you're you're reinvesting in yourself and also reinvesting in the business because that knowing those things are going to help you get into those nicer neighborhoods the higher in clientele and get you exactly what you're wanting that landscape maintenance year-round hassle-free you just write us a check and we'll take care of it for you and those are the kind of customers you want because it's the i have a few of those right now and what they say is you just do what you would do on your yard Hey, that that's what we want. They, mm. they say you just do it, and and you let me know. And that's I'm I don't know if you listened to Paul's episode the other day with uh, I think it was I think it was one with Doctor Frank he had, but he was talking about uh, he had a guy that was if it wasn't if he had to do anything that was under six hundred dollars, you just did it. Paul just did it, yeah. and, and there was no questions asked. And if there if it was a bigger job, then you would just go to him and say, Hey, want to clear this with you first? And he obviously always cleared it because he wanted his his maintenance to be top of the line all the time and, and you by you setting that goal now and starting on that journey now you're going to get there and, and that uh you're going to get there you're going to obtain those customers and that reputation is what your company's going to be in um because you're you're working hard that that goal is something that you're working toward and you're reinvesting yourself and your business um right. but man it's been super cool we're already over an hour here man we flew time absolutely flew but this was an Awesome interview. I enjoyed it a ton. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Excuse me. But I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. This has been a great one. And, uh, Greg, do you have anything you want to leave anybody with before we wrap up here? And if not, um, you can tell us where can we find you on your socials and and all that. Uh, No, I don't really have anything else. Uh, If anyone has any questions, they can always feel free to reach out to me. my, I usually use uh, Instagram, so it's greg.wheat. Um, and then we also got have one for post oak, um, which is just post oak lawn. Uh, all, all on Instagram. We have a Facebook page too, but the, we use that for marketing yep. to local, uh, local clientele and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's what everybody does. But um, Well, that's cool. Go check Greg out on Instagram, guys. Um, as always, if you like the episode, leave us those all-important ratings and reviews. Uh, they really do go a long way, and that's – I always say that on the end, but I kind of want to take a minute and just hit on that really quick. I always say it, and I always hear it said. And I, until I was doing a podcast myself, I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's just a waste of time. If you haven't done it, please do it. Just a little – just a little hit that rating button. Leave a little two-sentence review saying this is a good episode. You enjoyed this, and, and just move on with your day. But I, I've tried to start doing that for other podcasts that I enjoy because – by you doing that, it helps you grow the other. It helps you grow the podcast you're listening to. It would help you. It would, our podcast would grow because of it. If those ratings and reviews increase, we would reach a bigger community. And by reaching that community, um, it, it puts us in places to go reach bigger companies um, to bring y'all better content, more quality content with bigger guests and uh, people that have lots of knowledge on these uh, big uh, companies in the landscaping industry how stuff is made and all that kind of stuff. So leave those ratings and reviews and uh, it really would help us and it goes a long way. Um, even just just pressing the five stars, that's, that's all it takes. Just right at the end of the episode when you're scrolling down, go press those and, and move on with your day and we would really appreciate it. But um, that's going to be it. Leave those reviews and those ratings. It'll be a huge help. And I hope to see y'all here next week. We're going to bring some, uh, hopefully have some more uh, details on the meetup that we're having. Uh, I hope to have that out by sometime next week, if not the week after that. Just a few more details at least. But can't say too much yet because we don't have it uh, set in stone. 
But I hope you all enjoyed this episode. It was a super fun one for me. And uh, I hope to catch you all here on the next one. So we'll see you all later. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green Landscapes podcast. We know you have many other podcast options to choose from, and don't take it for granted that you chose to spend some time with us today. You can connect with Jeremiah Jennings at Growing Green Landscapes on Instagram or use the link in the show description. Don't forget to smash the follow button on the podcast and leave those five-star ratings and reviews. We hope you crush it in your business and hope to catch you on our next episode.